The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Almighty God, do pour out your Holy Spirit to us that the work of Christ encounter us this day and that we and truly are connected and joined to all that Jesus has done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I haven't really been to that many red carpet events or that many events where, you know, everybody that was anybody was there, you know, all the celebrities or all the famous powerful politicians or CEOs of all the main companies. But it's kind of, the baptism of Jesus is kind of that spirit, I guess you could say. I mean, in fact, you know, I, although there's that old song where the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit headed off to the coast. No, they don't head off to the coast here. No, they show up in the baptism of Jesus. The Father is there. The Son is there. The Holy Spirit is there. They all are present for this amazing event. Jesus is baptized. The Holy Spirit descends like a dove upon him. But I want to ask maybe a question that you haven't asked, but maybe you've been thinking about. It's an important question. It's the question John actually asks, why does Jesus get baptized? I mean, think about it. Our confession about Jesus is that He was fully 100% human without sin. So why is Jesus getting down into the water where John is baptizing? John, we're told in the Gospels that his baptism was one of repentance, that means being sorry for your sin, and receiving forgiveness. That's what his baptism was all about. John asks the question. In fact, John says, wait, Jesus, you've got this all wrong. I mean, these scribes and Pharisees, they need to be baptized, but not you. In fact, I should be baptized by you. Compared to you, I'm nothing. Well, then Jesus gives us the answer, and fortunately, the Gospel of Matthew records Jesus' answer to that incredibly important question. He says, it must be done so, or actually, um, in the old language, suffer it unto you. It must be done to fulfill all righteousness. Oh, thanks, Jesus. You cleared it up perfectly. Oh, well, let's move on with the service. 
to fulfill all righteousness. The word there in Greek for fulfill is pleroma. It means to fill up, fulfill all, not just righteousness, but all righteousness. And if you are a student of the Hebrew Scriptures, our Old Testament, you'd know that the righteousness of God is the thing. That's who God is, and that is. And the problem, the story of Scripture, is that God is righteous and we are not. We are not just. We can just look around at our world and see that. You can read the stories of the Old Testament and you can see human beings, uh uh-uh. So how is all righteousness going to be fulfilled? We can think about that. That makes sense when we think about what Jesus would do in his life, death, and resurrection, that that fills up all righteousness, which it does. But Jesus says that about his baptism. So what is going on here in Jesus' baptism? Now, in the past, um, and I still believe this to be true, when you think about Jesus' baptism, you think really quickly that this is like the inauguration event of his ministry. He's been, he, it's not like God adopted him and he was just this ordinary guy and then he became the son of God in his baptism. No, not at all. The Gospels, Matthew and Luke and John especially, affirm Jesus is born of the Virgin Mary. He is not um, kind of a human achievement. He, this is God, God's Spirit come acting and creating and taking on humanity. And so he is fully God, fully human from the beginning. But um, there's like, now it's like the starting gun. Boom! He's going to start doing his ministry now. And, and that's certainly what the baptism of Jesus is at a certain level. And then that voice that comes from heaven comes, it's actually really probably three different places in the Old Testament, but the two main ones, um, Psalm 2, this is my son. So Jesus is that one to fulfill the promises to David. And so he's God's king on earth. Um, And now it's not a human king anymore. Well, it is a human king, but it's also God. And so this king is going to truly fulfill what the old kings could never do. But then we also get the second part, with whom I'm well pleased. Jesus hasn't done much yet, has he? But God is pleased, not because of just what Jesus has done, but who he is. And who and what he will be. Now that little passage comes from the Old Testament reading you heard this morning from Isaiah. This is my servant, the one whom I've chosen, with whom my soul delights. So so we get Jesus as king and then the servant. These are five, there are five servant songs in Isaiah um, where Israel is and God's all of God's creation is going to be redeemed not by a a military king necessarily, um, but through a servant who will be humble and even suffer. Think about Isaiah 53. That's one of those. He took all the transgressions upon himself. So, So this is the king and the servant, and this is the inauguration of his ministry. I think that's absolutely what Jesus' baptism is, but you already know that, or you know it again. I'm not sure that captures everything. Because Jesus could have just said, I'm going to start now. How is it that his actual baptism fulfills all righteousness? What is happening here? 
I mean, and what good is Jesus' baptism to us then? Well, hmm, let's go deeper. And let's go to Luther to get some help here. We got a little quote here. Luther says this about Jesus' baptism, and this is from a sermon that he's giving on this Sunday. Um, It is as if Christ were saying, although with regard to myself, I'm not a sinner, nonetheless, I bring the sin of the whole world with me, so that now I alone am a sinner. Do you catch that? Jesus is the only sinner now. How is that possible? Well, let's keep going. And the greatest sinner. So now Jesus becomes the greatest sinner. Why? Um, In the whole world. Therefore, I need the forgiveness of sins. Not of my own sins, since I am sinless, but of the sins of the whole world. And here we too are included, since we too are of the world. And the children of the world are sinners. You see, something's happening in Jesus' baptism. Words like he starts to bear our sin or he becomes sin. He um, brings the sins of the whole world into himself. He takes us upon himself. He takes us into himself. The Athanasian Creed, one of our great ecumenical creeds, says that God took humanity into himself. And so, yes, Jesus was the Word made flesh from the very beginning, but now in His baptism, He is truly not just identifying, but becoming and taking us into Himself. If you're wondering about, is this just Luther? Well, let's take a look at 2 Corinthians 5 that says this, For our sake He became he made, became sin, or God made Him sin to be sin, who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God? We got to do this, John, to fulfill all righteousness. How is Jesus' baptism fulfilling all righteousness? It's dealing with sin because he's taking it all upon himself. And something else is happening. He appears to be giving us his righteousness. If we go to Galatians, Paul is even more explicit. He says that, I know it's hard for you to see with that graphic, but he became the curse of the law. The law says, there's the standard. We don't keep it. Now it's a curse to us. And he became that curse for us. Whoa! You mean it's not just the starting gun? Actually, something is happening in Jesus' baptism? He's he's joining up. He's teaming up with humanity and taking all of our garbage into himself and giving us his perfect innocence and righteousness. Is that really what's happening? Let's go back to Luther real quick here. That is why it is, and so Luther's still talking on behalf of Christ here. That is why it is necessary for me to be baptized and to receive the forgiveness of sins, so that hereafter my baptism may be poured out and preached to the whole world that I have borne and baptized the sin of the world and washed it away and obtained the forgiveness of sins. So that whoever believes in me and is baptized according to my command is also cleansed from his sins and her sins and pure and has a merciful God. And then this incredible word, thus Christ's baptism is now 
our baptism. And our baptism, his baptism. When John heard this, he said, okay, I get it. Okay, I'll baptize you, Jesus. Whoa, something more is happening in this event for you and I than just something we remember. Jesus' baptism is our baptism. Our baptism is his baptism. Do you know what that means? Oh, my goodness. I've got to come down to the font here. I've got to come down to the font. I'm trying to think. Um, I've had a little glory days in my life. Remember Bruce Springsteen's song? Sorry, my generation. You know, I've, I've hit a home run at USC and Cal State Fullerton's beautiful ballparks back when I was in college. You know, I scored a few touchdowns in high school. Never forget homecoming. I broke through, got into the end zone. They shot up fireworks. Oh, my gosh. But I've, you know, those are pretty piddly, though, really. Think about if you, what it would have been like for you to, you know, um, I don't know, since, you know, the Seahawks have to win today, I don't know, if, to catch, to be out there in Lumen Field and catch that touchdown pass and, you know, a one-hander and fall in the end zone and the whole, and what it, what it'd be like to be that person, to have that victory. Or I don't know, what if you were like Buccelli and singing and have that voice that he has and, and singing in front of millions of people and just to have that feeling of, of singing like he sings and to be on that stage. Can you imagine how amazing that would be? Or can you imagine Jesus going to the cross and then walking out of that tomb? And can you imagine that in your baptism, his victory becomes yours? It's as if you were there and you did it. Because that's you're joined up to Christ. If, you're, if you think, what's Pastor Bill preaching here? Paul says, we've been joined up to Christ in our baptism. So his victory is our victory. Now, I've also had some epic fails in my life. You know, false starts in high school and a state championship game. I still remember it. I've uh, struck out. I was playing baseball at USC. Um, we visited there and we were playing and it was one of my first games in the outfield, and it was so smoggy, it was hard to see the ball, and the ball's hit, and I lost it. And I was new, so I didn't know to say, I lost the ball, I lost the ball, but it was so high, and my center fielder could have probably caught the ball, and I was in left field, and guess where the ball landed? <laughs> Talk about an epic fail. You know your fails, right? What if in our baptism, Jesus took all of that into himself too? All of the things done and left undone took all of that and took it away from us. Sometimes we want to say, no, give it back, Jesus. No, Jesus says, no, I'm taking it. That's what happens in 
the baptism of Jesus. That's why it's necessary that Jesus be baptized to fulfill all righteousness because He is taking us into Himself, the good, the bad, the ugly, and giving us all of His victory and all of His joy. And so that today you can take confidence I don't, whatever place you are in your life, maybe you're in high school, maybe you're in junior high, maybe you're in elementary school, maybe you're getting close to retirement, maybe you're struggling to just keep your job going, you have a promise that as you go out into the world, you don't have to define yourself. God has done that. Because when you're baptism and Jesus is baptism, when you're connected to him, a voice comes from heaven and says, you are my beloved. And God is saying that to you today, and he's going to say it to you again in this meal that we're going to have. You are my beloved. You are my daughter. You are my son. And boy, when you get that definition, I don't know about you, but I just want to get out there and love and serve my neighbor and love them as myself and love them and love God with all my heart, soul, and mind. Thanks be to God. Amen.